This podcast episode is brought to you by Paleo Valley's Organic Extra Virgin Olive Oil. Now, we all know that many olive oils are cut with seed oils or that they are rancid, and so it's not always easiest to find a quality and properly sourced olive oil. Yes, in case you didn't know, many store bought olive oils are diluted or blended, compromising both taste and quality, and may even cause rancidity. I'm really glad that Paleo Valley's extra virgin olive oil remains pure and unadulterated, sourced from a single organic valley in Greece. Paleo Valley ensures freshness and nutrient content by packaging their olive oil in dark glass bottles. At a certain point, I stopped using extra virgin olive oil, but once our practice started working with people with chronic inflammatory response syndrome or SIRS, we started recommending it for the reduction of TGF beta 1. It is an immune system marker that shows inflammation both for COVID 19, SIRS, and actually many other illnesses. So if your TGF beta 1 is high, you may want to try incorporating a little bit of extra virgin olive oil. Make sure to check it out. It comes in a two pack package. And remember, All Paleo Valley products are guaranteed with a money back guarantee. Go to paleovalley.com slash nwj to get 15% off your order. Thanks for supporting companies that support this podcast. There we go. That was pretty, yeah, that was seamless. I don't think I've ever had got, a seamless entry like that before. I was just about to say that. Okay. We did good.、Um, hi, guys. We are excited to be chatting with you this evening. Kind of a pre holiday, get everybody in the right mindset for Carnivore 75 Heart and as we go into Thanksgiving. So, Judy and I are, have some questions that you've asked us, and we are going to start off with talking about our Thanksgiving. So, Judy, why don't you tell everybody what are your plans for Thanksgiving? Sure. So, hey guys, I hope you guys are having a good evening. So, normally,、uh, my family, we used to travel to Los Angeles for Thanksgiving, but now that both of my kids cost money, it's a little expensive. <laughs> and so now we are trying to kind of have our own Thanksgiving in Austin. And so last year, we、uh, met up with some friends and had kind of like a potluck.、Um, potluck. And so this year, Uh, friends, friends are coming over. I was going to cook like a、uh, brisket、um, and some like turkey and all that. But, an- anyways, we ended up deciding that we're going to、um, go out for Brazilian barbecue. We actually got the idea from you, Laura. So, thank you for that. And it makes my life much easier. But,、um, so yeah, we're just going to have friends come over. We'll hang out and spend the day. Um, just, you know, having the kids play and just having like community. And then we are going to at night go for some Brazilian barbecue. And so that'll be exciting. So, what about、That's、you?、So、what、nice. are you guys doing? We're kind of doing the same thing. Last year was the first year that we just decided not to cook. And it was so nice to relax all morning,、mm-hmm. go out to eat as a family for some like all you can eat meat.、Uh, it was our first holiday last year as. Not eating all the carbs and stuff. And so、okay. then we came home from lunch and no cleanup, no mess, no naps needed. And we all just hung out together as a family. So this year I actually have a lot of family in town. So there's going to、oh, okay. be a much larger group of us doing this, but we still decided to not cook and do the same thing. Like we're going to go to Fogo and,、um, Do it that way just because it's less cooking and it's probably the same cost as if we bought the whole entire、yeah. meal and all the fixings anyway. So, yeah, a lot no, less work. 
Yeah, that's exactly what Kevin told me. He's like, uh, instead of you cooking and slaving away in the kitchen, why don't you, we just go out. Mm-hmm. It's probably going to cost the same. And then you're not going to even be present while you're like trying to be host. So yeah, we're going to try that. Are the restaurants busy? Because I know a lot of restaurants close during Thanksgiving because they see it's actually really slow. It is, but then the places that are open, like Fogo, who oh, like, yeah. or places like this where you host, like some of the like fancy hotels and stuff, host like brunches or oh, yeah, yeah, if yeah. places you have to make a reservation. Then I think a lot of those places get really busy because I think more and more today, there's a lot of people that just don't want to cook and yeah. you know have like out family meals like this. Yeah, it's a lot less work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so but I know first- when. When we were at Fogo last year, it was packed. So oh, it, was I think it'll be busy this year too. Yeah, no, I'm curious because I don't think I've ever eaten out for Thanksgiving. So it should be fun to just have something different and start a new tradition, yeah. basically. It's so um, nice just to be hanging out and then to come home and have no dishes or anything. It's really it's nice. True. It's true. Okay, <laughs> yeah. so let's go on to the next question. Um, so it says, okay, so how do you handle conversations with others when they ask the details about this way of eating? So do you want to answer first? Sure. I think for the most part, I just keep it really vague, to be honest. Um, I try to just say like, oh, I eat a lot of meat and, you know, it just kind of works for me and I keep it vague. And sometimes for people that's enough, they're like, okay, and then they move on. But yeah. if somebody is showing positive interest and is asking more follow-up questions in detail, then I'll start talking about it more. Um, but it's pretty rare that I'll get into talking about like the toxins and vegetables and all those things. I really keep it pretty vague and let them drive the conversation. Cause I think honestly, for the majority of the time, people are just trying to make small talk and most yeah. people probably don't really care or want to hear about it. Yeah, no, no, no. I totally agree. I think when people see me eat primarily meat, um, I think they're just asking like, oh, is that kind of all you're eating? And just like you, I keep it really short. And I say, yeah, um, I primarily eat meat. Um, It's I'm very meat based. And then, you know, I don't really talk about and then I don't think people go as far and go, well, where's your vegetables now? You know, I don't think they honestly, I don't think they care enough. Um, Right. So I think there's some of that. Um, So then if for example, like your family, if they, you know, were unsupportive and they, you know, pushed it to an extra level of saying that, you know, just eating meat is really unhealthy. Like how, how would you recommend people sort of kind of handle that situation? I think that, you know, I, at this point, just have to say that I I usually remind people or kind of, I have, my family is very supportive. So I'll say I'm blessed. I've converted most of them, honestly. So that makes it a little easier, Mm -hmm. but I do have some friends who've been pretty critical of the way that I eat. And at this point, I just say like, I'm the healthiest that I've ever been. I was extremely unhealthy before and this is what's working for me right now. And so I'm just going to keep doing it. And I try again to just kind of keep it vague and shut the conversation down and just say, you know, at this point I'm really healthy and i I'm happy and I'm thriving and, and I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing and, and try to not even people reach out and say like, how can I, somebody is saying you need fiber or somebody is saying you need vegetables. And at that point there's, you're not going to argue with them. It's, it's, there's no point in trying to convert somebody who's, you know, being defensive already. So I just try to, be positive and say, I'm really healthy right now. I used to live on pop tarts and ice cream and cereal. So I think I'm doing a lot better. The fact that I'm eating uh, a lot of meat. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, I I think this really goes back to, I think all the psych studies. So it's like, Mm -hmm. if somebody is um, even a family member were to agree that, oops, (laughs) agree that, uh, 
um, what you're eating is healthy and that maybe plant-based or grain-based is not ideal, then they have to inherently then realize that, hey, then what I'm eating is wrong. And so then I have to jump on the carnivore wagon. And so a lot of times it's not about you per se, but it's about right. they have to believe that your diet is wrong so that then they can keep eating their diet, right? So I always say, if someone is kind of attacking or, you know, very negative about mm -hmm. the way you're eating, then um, I think you should really go back to your why and figure out, like, why am I doing this way of eating? And if I know I'm mm -hmm. feeling better, then you have to be secure in that and know that that's good enough. And until that other person, the questioner, is willing to be more open to your way of eating, that you it's not a fight that you're ready to have, right? So for me, for example, um, I do have friends that are like, um, so I have a friend that recently was like, yeah, I mean, I've done a lot of research and uh, I'm, you know, like maybe your way of eating is good, but then, you know, like I'm not saying vegans are good, but, you know, they're kind of crazy too. And so that too was an implication of what they really think of me. And obviously, mm -hmm. like, I started feeling kind of upset and, you know, I had to check myself and I'm like, you know what? They don't know what I know. I've been studying this for a long time now and researching, and I'm not going to fight tooth and nail. I started right. a little, and I realized it's never going to work. And so at that point, I was just like, you know what? Like, I'm addicted to sugar, and I have an addiction, and mm -hmm. I have a food addiction. And I know the minute I add any sweetener and sugar, then I start – my mind starts racing, and I don't want to have that lifestyle. Like, if I don't have to struggle with disordered eating anymore, then I am willing to cut out vegetables – and cut out sugars so that I don't, I don't have to experience that. And then when it's something that, like, kind of behavioral, medical, I think they drop it, right? Because how are they going to say, well, you should still try to figure out and then deal with your disordered eating some other way, right? So they sort of drop it. So, yeah, I think um, if you find a reason as to why you're doing it and then kind of keep going with that, I think, um, you know, just – you just got to tune out the naysayers until they become believers. And like you, Laura, like a lot of my family has become a lot more meat based because they see what has happened in me and then see what has happened in my mom. And, you know, it just it's it's a domino effect after that. You just don't have to talk about it and just shut the conversation as you need to. Yeah. So. I think the more consistent I am and the more strict I am and yes. the more they see my positive results and the fact that I'm not. You know, I, when we all start a diet, we complain about the fact that we're not eating everything, something everybody else is eating. And the fact that it doesn't bother me or, you know, that it's not this like emotionally taxing thing for me to sit there and watch them eat something that's bad. Um, and the more that my results show and the more consistent I can be, then that almost shows, proves it. And then that's when the conversations start happening. Yes. People start asking a lot more detailed questions about it mm -hmm. uh, because they don't see it as a crash diet anymore or a fad. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. I think by you showing the obvious ways you're healing, that's right. when people are going to go, what's your secret, right? How are you healing? I mean, you used to struggle with disordered eating or you would never come out like what happened, right? right. And then it's like, yeah, I'm actually healing and it is through the power of meat, right? So yeah, yeah I think that's, th this is great. Um, so one thing that's related to it, they said, um, in terms of when you just start and like, how do you just kind of talk? Like if we see friends and family at Thanksgiving, um, what are some tips to kind of, you know, we're like sort of new to carnivore. So how do we kind of mm -hmm. talk about what we're eating? And I know it I relates. 
Yeah, I think it's interesting because I think in a, especially in a big group setting, like people aren't even going to notice what you're yeah. eating or not eating. Nobody's paying attention to you. Um, a friend of ours who's in this challenge um, mentioned the fact that she was like, I'm just going to make a double plate for myself and my toddler and we're going to eat off the same plate and nobody's even going to notice that yeah. I'm not eating that food. And so if you are brand new and you're dealing with a family who is not open to this at all, like, don't even tell them. You don't have to lie to them. Um, but it's simply just like if you don't eat something, really nobody's going to even really notice about it unless you're kind of grandstanding or announcing that you're not. So I think if you're really brand new to this, this is your first, you know, Carnivore 75 hard. This is your first holiday season or your first time being around family. I really just would kind of keep it to yourself. And then maybe if people are already seeing a difference in you, then you can talk about the fact that you're, you know, just watching what you're eating and you're being careful or I'm eating a lot of meat. I'm keeping out the junk from my, from my diet. Um, and really ease people into it a little more because I don't know if when I was really brand new, if I could have handled like a big attack around the holiday season without getting emotional and caving and eating the food that a relative had cooked for me because they're going to be putting all this pressure on me, I guess. So, yeah, no, that's really um, good. That's really good. Um, I, I know that there was an incident where someone asked me like, what am I eating? And I was, so I just said, I'm very meat focused. And so it doesn't, Mm -hmm. so it's kind of vague, right? I don't say I'm just, I only eat meat. And then my husband was like, she only eats meat. And then it like, uh, yeah, I just remember. And then I just remember feeling kind of like blush in the face. And then they're like, what? And then I just go, no, I mean, sometimes I have vegetables on occasion, you know, but yeah, that was when I was a lot more newer to it. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's hard because we're not necessarily always fully equipped to answer all the questions when they're like, well, you know, the obvious ones, well, where are you getting your vitamin C? And I mean, the answer to that could be in salmon, right. But, um, or in liver, but, um, they'll ask like about fiber and, you know, all the things that the standard American diet so easily has ingrained in us to then, uh, if we don't know as much, I mean, we need to bring a lot more evidence-based information to be able to counter those arguments. And sometimes we're not, fully equipped. And so it makes it really hard. And so I think the best thing to do is, yeah, like you said, just, you know, stay a little bit quiet, you know, just have the meat. If people are like, Oh, Mm -hmm. you're not going to eat veggies. Like, no, I don't feel like it right now. Or yeah, my tummy is not doing well right now. It's just, it's no one's business, right? Like just do what you're doing. And then um, you could just say you're focusing on meat because for some reason it just seems to fit well with your digestive system. And I don't think people are going to go, you liar, right? (laughs) That's my big one. It's just like, oh, you know what? I'm so good. This was fantastic. I'm so yeah. good. Thank you so much. Like, I'm, I am really happy. Thank you. And yeah. not even say I'm full or it was taste good. I just try to say like, I'm good. I'm so happy. Thank you so much. This was really great. <laughs> and yeah. keep those statements. Yeah, no. And then even with like desserts, like say that like mm-hmm. there's an aunt that's like, oh, but you have to eat my, I don't know what, right. And it's like always been my favorite thing. And then you could just say, you know what, I had so much meat, I'm so full, or, you know, like, something is not right right now, I feel a little, you know, whatever it is, but it's just, you don't have to cave, because it's very normal for people to go, well, I'm having it, come on, live a little, you know, all those things, but those guilt tactics will never let you feel better when, you know, the moment passes, right, you'll either feel like, gosh, why did I cave to someone else saying these things, now I feel inflammation, the next day you'll feel horrible, so, 
you just got to stick to your gut and uh, just focus on carnivore. Get on online, look at your um, support and, you know, just keep going. Use your bracelets. Yeah, I was going to do that. <laughs> Uh, that's the big thing too. I think I, nobody wants to get into an argument about fiber yeah. or vitamin C over the Thanksgiving table. And yeah. so if those type of things come up, I just try to say like, you know what? I am so healthy. I've been checking my blood work. Don't worry. I'm so great. I'm everything is fantastic. Um, and you know, I, how are you feeling? And I try to, yeah, yes, them, yes, like, yes, are right. you having any issues? Like <laughs> I'm kind of basing everything based on my blood work um, yeah. and, and how I feel and I'm doing really great. So hopefully you can feel as good as I. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's another great way. It's always um, because people love talking about themselves. So you could just mm-hmm. flip the switch, right? Just go, yeah, no, I feel good with meat. How about you? Right? Like it's always right. like the flip it. And so that, that, that totally works too. Okay. Right. Let's move on to the next question. So, um, if we have a slip up on carnivore 75 hard, do, should we start over? Um, so I'll take a stab at this. Yeah. Um, so Andy Frisella's uh, original rule is that, um, that if you fall, you have to start all over. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't place one. So it's honestly up to you guys. So you can either, yeah. you know, let's say you went two weeks and then you fell and then you can add that extra day that you fell or you could start over. It's totally up to you. The Facebook community group will always be available. Um, I am planning a bridge, which, you know, I'm keeping it vague <laughs> on purpose, but there will be support so that not, um, that come January 2nd, you're not like, right. uh, so what's next, right? There will be support. And so you guys don't have to worry about that. But the Facebook group will live on forever. I will never close it. I will never, you know, make it something different. And I will try to pop in and out. And Laura and I will you know, provide support um, um, with the other, um, like, kind of leaders in it. Um, so um, long story short, it's really, it's up to you guys. Um, okay. So the next question, um, Laura, maybe if you want to take a stab, it's, so I still have cravings for sugar even after 39 days. So uh, how, do you, how, how do we cope? Or I would, yeah, I would find out too if those are physical cravings or are they emotional cravings? Because I have been over the physical cravings for a very long time, yeah. but still I deal with stress and emotions that cause me to have emotional cravings that I still with that food addiction and the want to comfort myself by like eating a pint of ice cream on a Friday night when I'm, mm-hmm. you know, stressed from a long week. Um, so if you're still having physical cravings, then my guess is there's something that you're eating that's triggering you, whether it's spices or some cheese or something that's causing that. Um, but for the emotional cravings, it's been 18 months for me, and it's still something that I struggle with. And those are I co- coped with my food and soothed myself with food for 20 years. It's not going to go away overnight. And so I'm trying to acknowledge those things and work around it and find other outlets for that stress. And so I would just try to identify like what's causing that. I text a friend, I reach out for support. I get online. I talk to you guys about it. Um, and I, if worst case I eat some extra meat and usually if it's, you know, in the evenings and I'm still within that window, I'll have some, make some bacon and eggs or make myself a burger patty. Um, so I'm, if I'm going to eat, at least I know that it's something that is not going to set me back. Yeah, no, that's really good. Um, I think you hit it on the nail, um, the nail's head, but nail the head. <laughs> I know it's kind of late. Um, yeah, so I think the physical is absolutely, I totally agree. I think there's some place mm-hmm. that there's sugar in your body. So when people yeah. are like, no, I still crave sweetener or sugar. It's like, no, if you are not having sugar, 
at all, like zero carbs, then you will not be craving sugars from a physical perspective. So that's totally right. right. And then the emotional, mental, like you said too, um, I, I get the similar, I get similar things. So I noticed, um, our bodies, we naturally, we have these like neural pathways that we will kind of follow. So we have tendencies, right? Our bodies, our minds don't want to always have to make decisions for everything we do. We naturally what kind of like, you know, that's why sometimes we drive past a freeway exit because we're so used to going a certain route. Mm-hmm. So same thing. So if you're used to like emotionally when you're stressed or when you celebrate, you turn to a certain food or you had a big meal after some like sequence happens, environmentally, your body will then crave that probably sugary food. Right. Um, I get like that too. So for example, when I f- have a long day, it's like, oh, I can't wait to eat. And I'm like, crap, I forgot I'm fasting today, right? right. So I have those similar things. But um, the, the beauty is though that uh, there it's two things. So one is that Unfortunately, our bodies will, our minds will never forget a pathway, especially if we've used it a long time, but we can re like, we can create new pathways, right? So every time if you are after a run, let's say you have like some yogurt that has sugar in it, reroute it, right? So then don't go home right after or do change the environment, change the situation where your body then no longer expects to crave that sugar or has that like strong emotional, um, like mental craving. And so you have to really be mindful and be aware of your triggers. And so that's how you can change the sort of environment so that then you don't fall victim to consuming sugar. So for me, that's helped tremendously. And it sounds like for you, Laura, it has too. Yeah, definitely. It's, I have to change up that routine and, um, can I get outside of that? Yeah, it's huge. Okay. Um, so what foods do you consider breaking a fast? Um, so, you know, I think we mentioned this before in our last YouTube video, but it really depends. So, okay. Like, um, in general, carnivore and keto are beneficial because they sort of mimic the fasting uh, benefits in your body. So a lot of people, that's why they say on carnivore, you don't need to fast. So, but in terms of this challenge, because we are only doing salt and water during fasting, there right. should be nothing but salt and water. So you could maybe drink some black coffee. You can maybe have some um, herbal teas because green teas and black teas have are high in oxalates. Um, otherwise, you can maybe have some sparkling water. And, um, and that's sometimes the bubbles help with like hunger cues. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I think everything else breaks the fast. Um, so if you were to have bone broth or butter or heavy whipping cream, those are right. not allowed. Um, there are thoughts where they say if you have fat, um, because fat does not really trigger insulin, then um, a fat fast is okay. And you could still get some of the be- benefits of lowering your insulin and all that. But in terms of the Carnivore 75 Heart Challenge, all of those are considered breaking the fast. Um, and the reason I did that is because the cleaner and stricter you are during your fast, the higher chances you will be in autophagy or getting the benefits of autophagy. So that's the reason. Um, I think the next question is related to that, right? Um, let's see. Creamer. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, so the, that goes to the same thing. So in terms of creamers, the almond creamers, the cashew creamers, even though they're unsweetened, they're all keto friendly, please don't consume those even if you're not fasting because they are high in oxalates. They waste a ton of water. Um, I forgot what the number is, but almonds like to make one almond requires so many gallons of water. So um, I would stick to like organic heavy whipping cream. 
um, maybe get some like raw milk, but um, there are in terms of carnivore 75 hard, there are no creamers that are allowed during the fast. And then if you were to fat fast, I would stick to heavy cream because all the nut creamers are, they're um, high in oxalates and anti-nutrients. Okay. So next question. Um, there was a question, Laura, about what bacon should we avoid? And like, uh, do you want to kind of talk about that? I think you're probably a little more strict about that than I am. I think um, I definitely watch for sugar in bacon, um, but I also get what I can. So I yeah. get bacon from Costco. I do the low sodium bacon because it says it has uh, the, there's no sugar listed as the ingredient. Oh, I'm not I didn't concerned. Know that. Yeah, I'm not concerned about the sodium, but like the blue package has sugar as one of the ingredients and the red package yes. does not. Oh, and okay. so. I do just regular Costco bacon, though. I personally am not, um, don't do, like, something that's labeled necessarily nitrate-free or anything like that. So I, we also buy the Costco one. But, you know, um, if you shop at Sprouts or, you know, those, mm -hmm. um, sometimes the sale, if you break it down, it's um, it's equivalent to the Costco brand. Because, you know, the Costco brand, like, never goes on sale for bacon. Right. But I, I, I got to check the low sodium. I didn't realize there's no sugar because... Yeah, that is one thing I hate is that there's sugar in there. Um, but I mean, just to I, I don't really know what the I guess the um, background of why this question was asked. So if it's a sugar thing, then just look for bacon that in the ingredients does not say sugars. It doesn't say like maltodextrin. It doesn't mm -hmm. have any of those like other words for sugar. Um, and um, obviously, if you do like the no nitrate, no nitrate, those are more. Um, so those are used to sort of preserve the bacon, but, and there are, I mean, this is kind of debatable, but some people say that it's carcinogenic. So it's like cancer creating, mm -hmm. but some people argue that there are also nitrates and celery and those are actually yeah. um, promoting non-cancer. So, I mean, you know, it's up to you. Um, I think at the end of the day, it's like balance. So there are times that I feed my kids the Costco brand and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, and then there's times that we feed up um, like the ones from Sprouts where they cook it. And I mean, they cut it in the back by the butcher. And so it's balance. Um, I think in general, uh, real foods are better than any processed foods. It doesn't matter how organic, how mm -hmm. um, processed free it is. It's, um, you know, like you're not going to beat a ribeye compared to like eating bacon. Um, I think pork belly is a little different because it's less processed. But in general, I think um, eating real whole meats is much better. Yeah, we kind of consider bacon as like a condiment. Maybe yeah. I'll have it like Perfect. with on a burger when I'm eating out. I really, the kids eat it at home uh, occasionally, but for the most part, I never make it at home. It's more just something that I get when I'm out because it's cheap and it's it's an, like a condiment to a burger yeah. patty or something. No, that totally makes sense. Yeah. And um, yeah. one, I could tell uh, one brand, um, it's Peterson Farms. They have a brand yeah. where um, they have like the sugar-free version, so... Um, they're, they're normally at like whole food sprouts, but, um, they're available. They're a little bit pricier, but if you look for sales, um, they do have sales too. Yeah. All right. So the next one is, um, okay. So in terms of quality organ meats, so in general, I don't find organ meats that well at markets. Um, sometimes whole foods has it, but overall I buy online or I'll, um, do a cow share and I get it that way because in general it's it's hard to find so um, that's kind of like my short answer but sometimes like we just buy conventional because if I'd rather feed my kids um, any liver 
um, and make liver pate. Right. And I'm not going to wait a week to get the one online. And I'm not going to wait if uh, Whole Foods is missing it. So that's sort of kind of where I stand. Yeah, I'm not a good person to ask for that just because we don't do uh, any organs. Chris actually mentioned last night for the first time that he was thinking about getting like an organ supplement just to see if he felt the difference or not. So who knows? Maybe we'll I'll have an update for that next year. But yeah, as of no, now, I, we, we haven't ever done that. Okay. Yeah, no, I um, heard that the supplements are somewhat beneficial. I just know that you have to consume a lot to get yeah. um, like even one ounce. So, But maybe I'll make your kids deliver pate and we'll see if they like it. That's what you should try to do. If yeah. you could get the kids eating it, maybe. Yeah, yeah. No, I could see that. I know it's definitely motivating. Okay, so um, some people still have GERD after eating. So any like indigestion, heartburn. Um, and so do you have any suggestions? Have you experienced that at all? I would say if I go to a barbecue place and eat brisket, then I definitely get some like indigestion or some like you know, even gas or a little bit of reflux. Um, but to me, that's because I had a bunch of spices that I normally don't eat. Yeah. Um, or even like today, I feel like I've had bad breath all day because I ate at a, I got meat by the pound at a Greek, Greek place for lunch, but it did have some spices on it that I'm typically not used to eating, probably yeah. some garlic and things. So um, my guess is that you're eating something that's not beef or salt or water and whatever yeah. that is, is likely causing the issue. So I can tell a difference for me just based on spices. So I would imagine that's likely what's causing the issue. Yeah, no, I completely agree. So um, I, I have the same thing. So there's a local place called Rudy's here. And so once yeah. in a while, like depending on what Rudy, what I eat at Rudy's, first of all, all the rubs have sugar, but yeah. sometimes like it's their sausage, which I know that they put spices in their sausages. Um, but once in a while, I'll feel a little bit more like indigestion. And so mm -hmm. I think the cleaner you eat, like the more you get meat and just salt, maybe some fresh garlic, um, the less you'll feel that. And initially, as you're transitioning and you've kind of struggled with antacid or like heartburn issues or GERD, you may still have it for a while. It's not like something that goes away immediately, but I can promise you with my clients, my dad who took um, like Prilosec for 20 years, like yeah. he doesn't take any of that. And now he's pretty much meat based and he's, I mean, he gets heartburn maybe once a month, if that. So yeah, you just got to, a lot of this stuff is you got to give it time. You got to let your body heal. And consistency, you know, we, same thing. We used to go through the Costco size, bottles of Tums and all that kind of stuff. And it's just time and consistency. Hey guys, just to let you know, my carnivore cure book is back in stock for nine months. It was out of print and used prices were up to $300. Make sure to get your copy today. That has over 200 colored tables and graphics and over 400 pages of meaty goodness. We have a limited supply. So get your copy today on amazon.com. And if you can leave a review, I'd be super grateful. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, okay, so what about elimination? So some people feel kind of like backed up. Um, they feel like the next day they, you know, maybe stomach pain and they just feel like they have to go, but they're not really going. Um, what has your experience been? So I think there's, for me, it's two different things. Like you're not going to go as often and that it takes an adjustment. So it's sometimes I'm like, well, I haven't gone in like three days, but that maybe is a normal, as long as you're not feeling bloated, feeling full, feeling backed up and feeling uncomfortable, then it's likely just not necessary. Um, and then 
I kind of go back to this with the with the GERD and the indigestion and stuff is there's likely something that you're eating it's not beef salt and water yeah. because in my uh, experience beef salt and water is not going to cause any of those issues and so for me eating too much cheese definitely causes it yeah. or even if I eat too much other things for a while uh, that might cause an issue for me so when I know I'm feeling a little uncomfortable, I have to get back to that beef, salt, and water only, um, and it really clears up all those issues because I don't. I haven't met anybody yet who says that strictly beef, salt, and water could cause them to have to be backed up. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. Um, I think, uh, as you mentioned, the um, a lot of times dairy causes people to be constipated. So it's yes. interesting. So a lot of people that initially moved to carnivore from keto they eat a lot of cheese. So like that lack of snacking, yeah. they fill it with cheese. And then they're like, I am so constipated. I've never experienced this in my life. And it's like, yeah, lay off the cheese. Like you're probably- And you blame carnivore, right? I know, right? It's like, but I didn't have this issue on keto. It's like, yeah, you're eating so much cheese and I bet you it's really calorically dense. And so um, yeah, yeah, I would cut lower the cheese. And um, like you said, there's probably some like, herb or um, something that's an irritant maybe there's like you know hidden nitrates or there could be like sugars um, but in general I always say I had a client that said I don't go as much I used to go every right. day consistently and now I don't and it's like messing with my mind and I'm like well do you feel bloated at all and she's like no and I'm like yeah you're fine <laughs> right like so and I think it's because again, it's like we're wired to think it's normal, right? We have these patterns, right? We like we go to the bathroom every day, we eat every day. And so I mean, if you're not bloated, and you don't have like stomach pains or bloat or indigestion or um, gas, then you're really fine. And if you are seeing kind of like the scale drop or your pan size get uh, mm -hmm. looser, um, those are all signs that you're probably not just shoving the meat and it's not stuck somewhere. It's just you're absorbing the nutrients. So right. you are fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you do feel constipation, I always recommend a little bit of water with salt, um, some bone broth. Um, but in general, I think if you cut the dairy, that helps um, tremendously. And like you said, going back to meat or like beef specifically and water and salt um, should help a lot. Do you, I see people talking about taking some form of magnesium for that. Is that something that you recommend taking? Um, so yes and no. So like, um, there is that one brand calm. Um, so I don't like it now because they use sweeteners and then it mm -hmm. becomes this like thing. So you take it right before you go to bed and then you have all this sweeteners in your body, which right. is, you know, insulogenic, but, um, it's magnesium citrate and it's the citrate part of it that actually lets you go, but it kind of works as a diuretic. And so where I kind of, basically if you keep giving your body support externally, like you keep taking magnesium citrate and then you don't take it, you'll probably experience the same thing. So you need to okay. allow your body to figure out its own balance. I'm totally for magnesium topical spray so that your body can relax. It's like Epsom salt in a bottle, but the citrate is more like a laxative I mean, it's not that extreme, but so I would kind of shy away from it. And the ones that normally are made with magnesium citrate use the sweeteners. And so I'm very against that. But yeah, got it. Okay. Um, did you see any other questions related to that? Uh, I don't think so. Let me, I'll okay. scroll from here while you talk about the. Okay. Yeah. So the next one is, okay. Yeah. I could. So there was a question about the nutritional information about Turkey 
And so, I mean, just like a really quick summary. It's, I looked it up, I looked at all the information. Maybe I'll create one of those like graphics again. But in general, it's pretty much like chicken. Um, there is a little bit more vitamin D than chicken, but um, it's a lot leaner, obviously. But in general, the nutritional value is similar. So, I mean, if you want to eat turkey, there's no issue with it. What's interesting is, you know, everyone thinks, oh, like on Thanksgiving, I get so sleepy because I had chicken, which has, um, what is that amino acid? Uh, tryptophan. But um, when I was doing the research, um, chicken actually has way more tryptophan. And then I think it was bison or some other meat that has even more. So that's like, again, like one of those, like, you know, thoughts, you know, beliefs that we have, like, I'm tired because I'm eating so much turkey, but I think it's probably the sugars. <laughs> or it's the mashed potatoes and the seven rolls yeah, and the yeah. pumpkin oh, pie that we had. Yeah. Right, exactly. So, I mean, I think that was the list of questions. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. One more thing is that turkey does have a slightly more omega-3s than chicken, but not by much. So, yeah, I'd say if you want to eat it, eat it. It's very nutrient-dense. It is a little bit leaner. So if you guys want to add, like, butter or ghee or, um, you know, whatever fat you like, um, go for that. But in general, it's good. It's a good meat. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is if you're cooking and you're going to somebody else's house, find something that you know that you can eat that you can bring. Um, you know, we've recommended before, like, maybe eat something before you go. I went out to lunch yesterday with a friend, and I ate before I went. And then I ate again when I was out, but at least I knew I had eaten before. Yeah. Um, and then just, you know, don't be afraid to say no. Yeah, no, I do that too. Because sometimes like the restaurant portions are kind of small and then you feel yeah. like you need to go home and eat, right? And so yeah, right. I, I totally understand. Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing, guys, is that um, as Thanksgiving's approaching, you know, thank God the, uh, you know, main meat is turkey. And if, right. if you don't like turkey, then eat another meat. Like don't let the holidays be derailed because of food. Like, focus on why we get together, what, and it's love and community, mm -hmm. and uh, we should focus on that and don't allow, like, somebody's pumpkin pie or something else or somebody's uh, kind of, like, guilt-tripping you to make you cave because I promise you the next day you'll wake up and you'll regret it, and then you have another full month before Christmas, and then you right. don't want to have to go through that again. So, Guys, like, let's just get through this. Let's get, let's do hard. Um, I mean, think about how amazing you're going to feel come, you know, Monday when we've made it through these four or five days yeah. with no leftovers. And you're going to feel so good and proud of yeah. yourself um, and just healthy and strong and not have to take a nap on the couch like everybody else. Yeah, I keep saying, guys, focus on your why. Focus on why you're right. doing carnivore. And come January 1st, you guys are going to be, like, amazing. And we don't have to be like, okay, what what diet detox am I going to do January 1st now and right. uh, go to the market and buy? Because you're living your life and you're living the best that you can. Mm -hmm. So, Okay. That's exciting. Yeah, thanks for tuning in tonight, guys. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Laura, for doing this. Yeah. All right, Let's bye, see. guys. Bye. <laughs> bye. Thanks for listening to the Nutrition with Judy podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please make sure to leave a five-star review on your favorite podcast app so more listeners like you can find the show. If you want more practitioner care and support, head over to nutritionwithjudy.com groups so you can get more real talk about carnivore, the environment, and root cause healing. 
You can also find my content on Nutrition with Judy's YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Make sure to sign up for my weekly newsletter and learn more about in-depth articles with infographics at nutritionwithjudy.com slash articles. You can find my two books, Carnivore Cure and The Complete Carnivore Diet for Beginners on carnivorecure.com and amazon.com. At the heart of Nutrition with Judy's practice, our mission lies with a deep, unwavering passion for service and community. We will continue to empower you to have the knowledge and tools to live a life nearly symptom-free because we firmly believe in healing and wellness for all.